Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Obstruction. Nothing personal word of the day for Wednesday, December 15th, 2021 is obstruction. It's also Survivor Finale Day. Survivor Season 41 comes to a close tonight. Of course, I'll be watching that. The 41st time I'll be watching a Survivor Finale. Actually, that's true. I did watch all 41, participated in one of them. Not an actual final tribal council, just the reunion because when you're first out, you don't get to be in the final tribal council or even on the jury. But it's Survivor Finale Day, but that's not the story I'm thinking about. You're waiting for it. I'm, I've been waiting all night to talk about it. I was tossing and turning, thinking about obstruction and Daniel Snyder and the Washington football skin team and thinking about how wonderful he is as a content provider, not as a person. I don't know him as a person. You know what? I'm not going to tell you what he's like as a person because I've never met him. And too many people have a view of people they don't meet from what they read, what they see. But I'll tell you, there's enough on Daniel Snyder to make me wonder. Here's what happened. Rewind to all of the great times that we've had talking about the absolute horrific nature of the Washington football Redskins front office. The whole name change, the WFT, the hiring of a black president trying to make up for the fact that they're showing racist tendencies, hiring of women left and right, trying to make up for the fact that they're misogynist people, trying to protect the owner. My job as president was to always protect my owner. However, there are certain things that you should not protect anyone from. It's not even a moral dilemma for me because as much as I respected and loved Jeffrey Loria, if he ever behaved the way Daniel Snyder is purported to have behaved, I would not have wanted to be associated with that and I would have stopped it however I needed to, even if just resigning would have been the way to bring attention to it. Daniel Snyder caused the NFL to investigate him. Remember, Daniel Snyder was going to do the investigation, hiring a a lawyer named Beth Wilkinson, and the NFL said, you know, why don't we take charge? And I told you on Nothing Personal that that was horse hockey. You knew Snyder was in charge of the entire investigation. You then heard me tell you that the NFL was not going to allow any sort of public disclosure that would in any way implicate Snyder. They were going to fine him $10 million. They were going to make him step aside and put his wife in charge. Is there any bigger joke? Mikey's with us today still. Coke is still walking around Paris, texting me updates, having fun. And Mikey, we talked about on this show, I know you listened because you've been there from the beginning with nothing personal, but we talked about the fact that Daniel Snyder was leaving his wife in charge but of course he wasn't stepping back. It was, it was like a joke. 
like Tanya Snyder is going to take charge of the organization and then come home. Hey, honey, how was your day? You know, the usual. Nothing major. Oh, what? Are, what? how's the team looking? Oh, good, good. Right? Come on. You know, GMAB. Give me a break. So then Congress gets involved. And we did an entire show about segment. Maybe it was a more than one segment about the fact that Congress wants emails to be disclosed, wants full transparency. Remember the whole 650,000 emails and they only released like 10 of them so they could fire John Gruden. Then John Gruden suing the NFL. We don't know where that is. Still in the middle of the courts. Good luck settling that. All the NFL wants and all the other 31 owners, all they want is for Daniel Snyder to zip it and hope that by putting some sort of cork up his tuchus that no more bad things will come out. Nothing else that smells like a sewer. But the WAPO said, you know, let's keep looking. Let's see what else we can find on Danny Boy. And yesterday they dropped a bomb. That's an unfortunate expression. I think I may stop using that. Not because it cancel. It's just they didn't drop an actual bomb. Can I say drop a stink bomb? That's better because bombs kill people. Stink bombs just make you nauseous, right? I am nauseous having read it. Here's what happened and why obstruction is the nothing personal word of the day. Many years ago, here's what rich people do when they get in trouble. The first instinct, it's like when you go to the doctor and they take that medical tool and they knock the bottom of your knee and then you kick the doctor right in the jimmy, right? The reflex, the whole Duran Duran situation. When rich people are in trouble, the little tool hits the back right pocket and it hits it and then the reflex is to pay people to make it all go away. I know how to solve the problem of world peace, money. Climate change, sea level rise, no problem, money. Oh, you have a problem with workplace atmosphere? Money. Ooh, you've been harassed? Money. Ooh, you think you were let go incorrectly? Human resource file? Money. Now it's just a matter of how much money, but everything is about money. So many years ago, Danny Snyder was on an airplane, private of course, he's not taken Delta. And apparently he did something slightly unsavory and I'm not talking about candy. Then the woman said, that didn't feel good. And he said, do you know what's gonna feel good? $1.6 million. How does that feel? Ooh, that feels a little better. I never buy into that, by the way. I don't view women. Now, some people are in it just for the money. And some people would say that they will do things just to get paid. I've seen it happen at a ballpark where I've seen someone pretend to slip on something. I've seen it with my own two eyes. When you walk the concourse, you see a lot of stuff. Oh, I slipped. Give me a free hot dog. Oh, I dropped my ice cream. No, I, I literally watched what happened. You were not paying attention and your ice cream cone fell. All right, a free ice cream cone. This woman was not looking, in my opinion, for $1.6 million. She was looking not to be violated. But put that aside. 
when you have the reflex, pay the money and you're rich, it comes with the provision. The provision is take the money and run, Woody. However, that's Woody Allen, Mikey. Take the money and run in case you haven't seen that because normally Coco would be yelling in my ear right now. No one's ever heard of that movie. You can't just take the money and run. You got to take the money, sign, and run. And what you're signing is that, shh, I'm never going to tell anybody. And I'm not going to say that you did anything wrong. And you're not going to say you did anything wrong. But we're just going to not comment. And I'm going to take the $1.6 million and I'm going to spend it. Do whatever I want with it. Okay. That's called hush money is one way to say it. In legal terms, that's not a legal clause. You don't put in the document hush money. It's called a non-disparagement clause, a non-disclosure clause, where terms of a deal stay confidential. But then Beth Wilkinson got involved trying to investigate Daniel Snyder, see what happened. And it is brought to her attention that there was this issue years ago that caused a $1.6 million payment. And she said, hmm, I may want to talk to this woman just on background. Don't worry. I just want to know, you know, what kind of food did he like on the private plane? Was it a cheese platter? Was he into vegetables? Did he like some dipping sauce? Whatever the case may be. And then the NFL got word because, of course, Beth Wilkinson worked for the NFL. And, of course, Beth Wilkinson worked for Daniel Snyder. So Daniel Snyder got word that this woman was on the witness list and he said give me one give me give me a minute on this folks let's take a beat because I'd really like her not to talk and on top of that I gave her the 1.6 million not to talk but let me get back to you so he hires a lawyer well he's got lawyers on staff I mean this guy's got lawyers on staff like I have toilet paper in the closet right there's always enough Lawyers write to the woman and say, I remind you, you are under a confidentiality, non-disclosure clause. However, I'd like to give you a little more, just in case you ran out of the 1.6. I'll give you a little more money, just a smidge more, if you would, again, not talk. Hmm. Is that truly obstruction of justice? No, it's not a criminal case. It's not a civil case. It's not a court order. It's not like the, there was subpoena power here. I wonder why Daniel Snyder would be willing to pay someone extra not to talk. Oh, I got it. Because if she did talk, she'd have some things to say that may cause Roger Goodell to have to admit that $10 million and Tanya may not get the job done. So, of course, Daniel Snyder's attorney had to respond to the Washington Post article. And here's what he said in a statement. Untrue. It did not happen. Absolutely no effort was made by me or any Reed Smith lawyers. That's the law firm that Coca and I started in order to do these workplace harassment investigations. No effort was made or any Reed Smith lawyers to dissuade anyone from speaking with Beth Wilkinson or otherwise cooperating with her investigation, nor was any money offered to anyone not to cooperate. Anyone suggesting something to the contrary is lying. So here's what the lawyer's saying. 
He's saying that the Washington Post editors did not do a proper job of vetting the sources of the reporters who reported the story and that no such payment or even contact was made. So if you're Tanya Snyder and you're running the team and you're Daniel Snyder and you've stepped back and you're not a part of anything and you have your lawyer say something, I have a little addendum a tiny little sentence that I would want to include in my statement saying that I'm not participating in any obstructionist behavior. It would be the following. Listen, everybody. My client, he's definitely got some issues. We know this, right? But that was then. There has been a change. He has seen the error of his ways. There is no way that he would ever want to stop any truth from coming to light. But on top of that, and this is the important part, he now believes so strongly in the First Amendment and that anyone who anyone or any investigator wants to contact, anyone should say whatever he, she, or they want. Because the important thing is letting everyone know the truth to have perfect and complete transparency as we continue to change the culture of our team and become the organization that our fans so deserve. I'd be a little more into that statement than a Shakespearean statement about protesting too much because that's really what the lawyer did. But the problem is these sabers have been rattled. The sabers come in the form of Congress. Don't downplay congressional action here. And of course, the two members of Congress from the House Oversight Committee, and that's another prior episode where we explained what Congress was doing and why they wanted these emails and why the NFL wasn't going to give them over and whether or not there's going to be some sort of settlement in that regard. Carolyn Maloney from New York took one second, took one second to basically say, While Mr. Snyder publicly stated that he wanted independent investigators to ferret out the truth, today's reporting suggests that he was privately trying to obstruct the efforts of the very investigator he hired in an effort to conceal damaging information. These disturbing revelations, and here it is, it's the money phrase have only strengthened the committee's commitment to uncovering the truth in this matter. That is the only sentence that Roger Goodell and 31 other men care about. Believe me, they don't care about the woman who got assaulted. They don't care about the cheerleaders. They're gonna say they do, of course. Oh, we are, we don't like that behavior. We don't tolerate that sort of behavior in this league. Look, $10 million shows that. That's like someone walking down the street and saying, I really want to cure homeless people. Hold on, let me check the lint in my pocket. Hey, there's a quarter. Flick. Are we good? Is homeless all taken care of now? No more homelessness? I gave a quarter. We're done, right? 
The reason why Roger Goodell and the other band, band of 31 merry men are upset now is that Congress is using this as an opportunity to confirm their own bias. Their bias is we want to get the NFL to be transparent. We want to understand exactly how deep-seated this cultural workplace harassment and dysfunction is. And we want to show the country and our constituents that we're not going to take it. No, we're not going to take it. So what does Roger Goodell do today? I guarantee you he has told his attorneys to get in touch with Carolyn Maloney and other representatives on the House Oversight Committee and have a conversation explaining again that the investigation was complete, that Beth Wilkinson spoke to every single person she wanted to before she gave her recommendation. And then Congress says, well, why wasn't that in writing? Don't bother me with that, Roger would say. Writing. It's because of the trees, Your Honor. We don't want to cut any more trees down because do you know how much we care about forestry and the environment? Why would we ever, ever put on paper what was discovered when you can take my word for it? It's not going to work. Congress is now emboldened. So now, Roger Goodell hangs up with Carolyn Maloney. It's not really going to be him. It'll be his deputy. And then he calls Jay Squared, his go-to guy. Hey, Jerry, how bad is this? Talk to me. Do we need to find him again? Do we need to start looking for a buyer? Hey, John. I'm picturing John as Roger's assistant. Hey, John, can you get Bezos on the phone? We got just a quick question for him. Is he willing to go to 5B to buy the team? Or does he not want a team? He really does want a team, doesn't he? All right, get me Jeff on the phone. Hey, Jeff, any chance you want to make Danny Boy an offer here that he has to take because it's so ridiculous? I mean, listen, you've got 165B, just take five of it, right? It's 3%. I promise you your team's going to go up in value. I'm going to work so hard to make sure that happens. Well, Roger, how can it go up from value when I'm paying twice the price? No, no, I'm telling you, we're going to get new TV deals. We're going to expand to more teams. We're going to London with Shaka Khan. Everything is going great. Oh, I feel for you, Roger, but I'll tell you, I don't want to buy the team. All right, thank you. Hey, Jerry, uh, do we want to make them sell? Should we auction it? Like, what, what, what is your thought here? Roger, I can't have you force Daniel to sell because I don't know if you know this, Roger, but there's 20 other teams where the owner is that big a problem. And it's not just about meddling. It's about all the things that they've done that they, they don't want to get in trouble for. Come on. How disappointed are you all as fans? That would be my question. As a fan of the National Football League, as a fantasy-playing CBS lover who gambles and watches games, how disappointed are you? That's really the conversation that goes on after they decide they're not going to make Snyder sell.
because they didn't hit the third rail. It's not like it's racism. It's not Donald Sterling territory. It's not Marge Schott territory, the former owner of the Reds. He's not proclaiming his love for Nazis. It's not Mel Gibson territory for crying out loud, Meatloaf. It is simply not treating women right. That's like a Wednesday. But his fans, you actually have a say in this. Because how willing are you to boycott the NFL because you don't like the way the owners act? How willing are you to boycott the NFL? And I mean meaningfully boycott the NFL and its sponsors because you don't like the behavior of the owners or the fact that the Rooney rule is violated every time by every team or the fact that players are beating up their wives and girlfriends and brandishing guns and driving drunk and burning people alive. How much do you actually care or do you simply notice it, think about it, dismiss it, and the sun rises? And you move on. Do you think the team owners don't realize the way you are? Do you think that as a team president, I didn't spend hours of my day hours thinking to myself, discussing with lawyers, discussing with marketing people? Thinking about, have we gone too far? Is this trade going to be the trade? Is this act going to be the act? Is this going to turn off the revenue stream? The ultimate is the juice worth the squeeze. That's how we think. That's how I used to think. And I wasn't alone. I promise you that. We would all sit around and drink our scotches and smoke our cigars Side note, I don't drink scotch and I don't smoke cigars. Plenty of other great things to smoke other than cigars. But we'd sit around at owners' meetings and games and various other places, and we would smile knowing that there's almost nothing we could do that would break the revenue train. That amount of power that we felt Forget the fact that it's intoxicating. The reality is it's accurate. So all the people who believe that Daniel Snyder is finally now going to be forced to sell, all the people who are positive, it's, it's you know what? It's not going to happen. Do you know how crazy Dan Snyder is? Can I just tell you? Did you read this thing that happened with the hiring I got to read this to you because it's so crazy. When Ron Rivera was hired, he was hired by Bruce Allen. We got to do this, Mikey. We're going to go a little extra on this segment because I have to talk about this. It just, I feel it in my bones and I think that people want to hear it. Ron Rivera was hired and Dan Snyder found out that Bruce Allen, the, the former president of the team, had sent a text to Ron Rivera congratulating him which was nice. Dan Snyder purportedly got insulted that Bruce Allen did not send a text to Dan Snyder congratulating him on the hire. Bruce Allen had been fired by Dan Snyder. Bruce Allen was in litigation with Dan Snyder to get paid out on his contract. They end up settling with, of course, Bruce Allen getting paid all the guaranteed amount that he was owed. But part of the settlement was 
This is too good. A condition. I will give you the money I owe you. The money that I contractually stated that I signed that you signed that says I will pay you and you will receive payment even if I fire you, assuming it's not for cause. Tried to fire him for cause and lost. I'll do it, but the condition is You have to send Daniel Snyder a text congratulating him on the hiring of Ron Rivera, which, by the way, had been years earlier. (laughs) In the actual discussion of this settlement, it was back and forth communication by the lawyers who were negotiating the settlement between Bruce Allen and Daniel frickin' Snyder that I understand that Mr. Allen has agreed to send a text message to Mr. Snyder stating congrats on the hire. Seven months after the hire. Turns out, apparently, Bruce Allen never sent that text but did get his money. What kind of man, how big an ego does Danny Boy have to have? that he feels wronged to not get a text from the individual who he canned and the individual who he thought was leaking information about him but ended up still having to pay. How petty. I've been around plenty of billionaires in my time, plenty of millionaires, plenty of people who thought they were millionaires, plenty of people who dreamt of being millionaires. That level of ego and lack of self-awareness, delusion, narcissism, sociopathic tendencies, it staggers me. Now, I've been accused of narcissism many times, mostly by people related to me. So I understand narcissism. I understand that the job that we all have can lead you to think that you don't squat to pee But you know what? When you get some distance from it the way I have, it's a little embarrassing. Not embarrassed with the job I did or the losses that I had as team president or the trades or the signings gone wrong or even a public-private stadium, which I still think was fair, side note. Sorry, Miami. Embarrassed at the view that it was not the sun that the earth revolved around It was professional sports C-suites. That's what the world revolved around. Good luck, Danny. Have a great day. When we come back, we're going to review a movie about a topic that I was positive everyone knew about until I realized that I was born in 1968. And then we're going to have a little conversation about what Stevie Cohn is doing today. We'll be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson and Mikey. Coca's not here. Coca's in Europe right now. He's in Paris walking around. I hope that he has had a crepe au sucre. Maybe gone to Pizza Pino on the Champs-Élysées. Maybe even seen Napoleon's tomb, which, by the way, is befitting of not someone five foot two, befitting of someone who's ten foot two. Thank you for downloading, following, rating, reviewing, all the things you do to engage with me every day on Twitter, David P. Sampson, on the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and you can see the salmon jacket I'm wearing. I was just thinking that I want to try to reach Coca. I think we should try to call him. I'm going to call him right now, see if he'd even answer. Look, if you're watching on YouTube, we're FaceTiming Matthew Coca right now in Europe. He's on WhatsApp. I don't know if he has Wi-Fi right now. Oh, he's right there. Coca, you are live on today's Nothing Personal. He's in a mask in Paris. Get to YouTube and watch this. How are you, Coca? I'm good. So are you having fun in Paris? Yeah, we just got back from a very long walk. You just got... We saw the Louvre, but we saw the outside of the Louvre, not the inside, the outside. Coca, I hear the European sirens in the background, and I would just like to tell you that the best part about the Louvre is actually what's inside. That's where they actually keep the art, not on the outside. Like the Mona Lisa, the one where the eyes follow you, you should be doing that. That's tomorrow. Okay. That is tomorrow. All right, Coca, have fun in Paris. Thanks for answering. That's it for Coca. Hey, Mikey, he answered. That was not... Now, I know you know this about nothing personal. We do 45 minutes every day. We never know what we're going to do. Coca has, didn't know. He's not doing the show. Mikey is. <laughs> and so now I said to myself, I said to Mikey when we were preparing for the show, I said, maybe we'll be in the mood to call Coca. Mikey just said he probably thought the show was off the rails. Of course the show's off the rails. Coca, by the way, has to think you're not doing a good job, Mikey, because he doesn't want to be pipped. But you are. All right, I watch a movie every day. That was funny. Coca's, did you hear that, Mikey? I don't know if you could hear the volume, but the sirens, European sirens are so different than U.S. sirens, but we couldn't hear the sirens. Anyway, there were sirens in the background. Coca's there. I'm still watching a movie every day. The Golden Globe nominations came out yesterday, I think, and then I read that the Golden Globes are not even gonna be on television because of the non-inclusive nature of the Hollywood Foreign Press, like that's a shock. All of a sudden, Hollywood discovered, and NBC, the network, discovered, ah, you know, the Hollywood Foreign Press, it's only a bunch of people who love payola, who get bribed by the actors and studios to get nominated and win. It's only a bunch of outliers, and NBC said they're not very inclusive, so forget it. But then the Golden Globes announced their nominations with... Who was it? I think they got Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoopy? What is his name? The guy who gets high all the time? 
and he does those beer commercials. Mikey, what is his name? Snoop Dogg. Yes. Oh, my God, I feel old. Was his name ever Snoopy Doggy Dog, or am I making that completely up? Mike, did he ever, was he ever known as that? Oh, it's just in a song? Okay. All right, so it's Snoop Dogg. He announced the nominations, so I'm all into it because I love award shows. I love award season. I love movies. And then NBC said, we're not showing that. Instead, that night on January 9th, I think it is, the Critics' Choice Awards will be shown, and they announced their nominations too that day. They're trying to take over, which means they're trying to get a television broadcasting deal. But if I'm NBC and there were 17 people watching the award show, I would probably rather have another NFL game or maybe just a camera inside the reality show that is the WF Skins front office. But a movie that is getting some awards attention from the Critics' Choice, a potential Academy Award nomination, is called The Eyes of Tammy Faye, starring Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield, who's had a tremendous year playing Jim Baker in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and also Jonathan Larson in Tick, Tick, Boom. I thought everybody knew who Jimmy Baker was and Tammy Faye Baker, and I'm wrong. Have you guys ever heard of Joel Osteen? We've talked about him on Nothing Personal. There is no Joel Osteen without Jimmy Baker. They're evangelists. They are criminals. They take your money and tell you they will cure you. They take your money and tell you that they are the key to your salvation. I will make you right in the eyes of our Lord for $25.69. Tammy Faye Baker was this unbelievable caricature of a woman and this is about her story and it's a really really good movie with a performance by Jessica Chastain that is Academy Award nomination worthy she turns into Tammy Faye Baker she's the one if you go google her she'd wear tons of eye makeup she was just uh just a little bit Alexis right just a little bit off not that Alexis is off because she's not, and I'm talking about Shit's Creek Alexis or any Alexis. I've known a lot of Alexises. None of them. Why was I even talking about Alexis? I have no idea. Just a little bit off? Just a little bit Alexis? Mikey, help me. Oh, thank you. The eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay. I'd see it. You're going to like the movie. Are you concerned about sports right now? I'm slightly concerned about sports. I have some concern that there's going to be another shutdown because everyone's got COVID. We listened to the episode yesterday. We covered it. But every single day, more NFL players, more, NF, more NHL players, more NBA players. Now it's Harden of the Nets is out. Odell Beckham. How about Odell Beckham, the guy who said, I'm not going to get COVID. I don't respect COVID. COVID doesn't respect me. We're going to stay far apart. Well, they're so far apart that they're now together. But the commissioners are definitely meeting with owners. They're having calls, figuring out what to do. People are calling for a pause in the season in the NHL and NBA. The NFL will not pause its season. I promise you that. The NBA could. I just don't think they will. I'm not calling for a pause the way it happened after Gobert. I think that the rules are going to be more formally 
not just stated, but also enforced. I feel as though that the broadcasters and the leagues have gotten together and said, we're in for the Omicron. It's going to happen. There's another wave coming. But we're going to make sure that people are vaccinated. We're going to make sure they're boosted. Both the NBA and NFL have changed the definition of what it means to be vaccinated if you're a player. You've got to get boosted. So I believe that you will not see any pauses. You will see more postponements. So while the sports world may be teetering, it's not going to fall. All right, it's time for a Wednesday Major League Baseball lockout update. Play the music, Mikey. Do you have the music for the lockout update? Here it is. And that's your daily update for the MLB lockout. But teams are still doing stuff. They're signing players to minor league deals. Remember, minor league players or any player not on a 40-man roster right now, they're not, on, they're not being locked out. Teams are not forbidden from signing those players. So you're reading a lot of teams signing players to minor league deals. Actual free agents who are of major league caliber, who normally would not take a minor league deal, but would take a major league deal, which means a roster spot, which means guaranteed money. None of those players are signing. It's sort of the players at the end of their careers or players in the middle of their careers who just stink. And the other thing teams are doing is they are able to hire managers and general managers and scouts and player development people. And our main man, Stevie Cohn, is now at the point where he is interviewing managers. Here's what owners do when they want to say they've given power to their new GMs. Billy Epler is the new GM of the Mets. They say, hey, you take care of the first round of interviews for our managerial candidate, and I'll take care of the second round. Narrow it down. So Billy Epler interviews a bunch of people. Bob Guerin got interviewed. Bunch of people. And then he called them up and said, thank you. Great job. We're going to go on to a second round, and you didn't make the cut. So who... Is Steve Cohn interviewing? Joey Espada, who worked with me for years with the Marlins, a manager in waiting, a great infield guy. For whatever reason, he has not been named a manager yet. He's a young man, 46 years old. Will get an opportunity to manage. And Buck Showalter, the 65-year-old relic, the control freak, is also in the second round with the Mets. Articles have been written that he is the favorite to be named the manager. And I just want to give you a little inkling as to how that interview goes. So Buck Showalter comes in to meet with Steve Cohn, sits down. Good to see you, Steve. Hello, Buck. So, Buck... What is it that you think our organization needs to succeed? Nah, nah, don't answer that. How much money is it that you think you need to succeed? Well, that's a good question, Steve, and I believe that the players need to know that you are firmly committed to me, and that's going to be about four years. I understand that you don't want to give me a five-year deal till I'm 70, 
but a four-year deal for sure. Players need to know about continuity. The most important thing, Steve, is that players know that the manager's in charge. Well, Buck, you know, I'm not sure that's true these days because GMs and front offices and analytics departments, they're really the ones who are making the lineups and doing the defensive positioning. Oh, Steve, I hear you. I understand that, but no, that's not really how I work. The way I work is this. You give me four years, you give me $5 million per year, and then don't ever call me. I will call you when I've got something to say. Don't talk to me after a game. Don't talk to me before a game. Don't call me during a game. Don't tell me how to run the bullpen. And by the way, when I make suggestions of players to make the team in spring training and call-ups during the season or players that shouldn't be on the team, I'm going to expect you and Billy Boy to listen. Am I clear? Let's face it, Steve. I've got the leverage and you don't. I don't want to beat around the bush. I don't got time. I'm 65. Meanwhile, 65 is not old, might I add. I'm closer to 65 than I am to 40. Oh, Mikey, that may be the end of the show right there. I can't possibly. that is that true? Hold on, I'm doing the math. 12, 13. <gasps> it is true. I can retire. Is retirement age still 65? I don't know what it is. I'm not retiring. You're stuck with me on nothing personal. Oh, sorry. Let's get back to what Buck was saying. Not only am I in charge, but I'm asking you the question, Steve. What's our payroll next year? Oh, good answer. Thank you. What's it the next year in 23? Okay. 24? Well, I don't know, Buck. Yeah, you do. I need a number. Buck Showalter's the type of manager that Steve Cohn will not be able to live with. Except he's the exact manager who Steve Cohn is going to hire because he wants you to believe that he can live with him. That's the beauty of the way we manipulate you as fans. Steve Cohn gets to say, listen, I, I run it. Did you see in the article when they talked about what time the interviews are? This made me laugh. They did the interviews late in the day so Steve could still do his day job at a hedge fund as though he's trading stocks with clients and is unavailable from 9.30 to 4 o'clock when the market's open. It's such PR horse hockey that I can't hardly believe it. Oh, I don't have time. I can't really meet a manager until the market closes because I've got responsibilities and I want all Mets fans to realize that I'm not going to get involved in that way. No chance, toilet pants. I'm the owner of your dreams. I don't meddle. So he can't meet them until the afternoon. <laughs> it's like a joke. And then he gets to have a press conference and not go to the press conference. Let Billy Epler do it. Another example of how Steve is letting everyone do their job. Trying so hard to make sure you realize that he's not involved. Do you think Steve didn't know that Buck Showalter was going to be hired before the interview process started? Do you think Steve gave one rat's pituitary gland about the Selig rule? No. Are you shocked that there's a minority, two minorities in the finals along with Buck? Huh. I wonder why that is. So I got to wait to see for you. Buck Showalter is the next Mets manager. And I got part two of that wait to see.
Whatever contract he signs, he's not going to last. These are easy ways to seize when all these coaches get hired or managers for these long-term deals because it just doesn't work that way at all. Wait to see. Book it. Buck Showalter is the next Mets manager. Are you happy, Scott? Do you think this is everything you want? I'm talking about the CBS guy, Scott Riley, the biggest Mets fan ever. The lunatic Mets fan. You're the exact type of fan that we were talking about earlier in the show. It can be an absolute cluster, and you still love us. Two-part wait to see. Showalter's the Mets manager, and he will not last the contract. Nothing personal pick of the day. We told you the Warriors would beat the Knicks, and they did. We are 167 and 149. Did you watch it? I did. I watched Curry do it. Steph Curry is now the all-time leader in three-point field goals made. It's pretty cool. He's got to be the best shooter of all time. He actually admitted after the game that he's the GOAT. He admitted after the game that he agrees that he's now the best shooter. I like when players admit that. I do. I think it's totally fine. I want players to have that confidence. I love the fact that he thought he had to hit a shot against the Knicks last night to beat the Ray Allen record to say he's the best shooter because he's now defining the best shooter as having the most three-pointers made. And my view of that is bulk quantity does not equal quality. Right? I mean, it's possible there's better shooters who got hurt who were really, really unbelievable shooters and then they lost their touch or they started doing drugs or they just started eating quarter pounders, whatever they may have done. However, I do think Steph Curry's the best shooter, which is quite a family, right? Del Curry was the smoothest shooter of my generation, one of them for sure. And he's got two sons who are both in the NBA and one son who now is the record holder. I thought it was outstandingly cool to watch. It was a bit of history. So the pick of the day today is there's an interesting game going on. And it is the Philadelphia 76ers against the Miami Heat. Now, the thing about the Sixers is that how many times have we talked about the Sixers and their Ben Simmons situation? Would you say we've talked about that a little? Would you say we've talked about that a lot? I would say we've talked about it enough but I got to mention it's back in the news. The Sixers are favored by five and a half points over the Heat. And I'm taking the Sixers, Joel Embiid. That's our pick of the day. But I want to mention something about Ben Simmons because every day now you're reading a new trade rumor. Nobody in the top 25 is going to be traded for Ben Simmons. That's what you see. None of the top 25 players. What you're seeing instead is, could it be someone, could there be a package with the Knicks? Could there be a package with the Cavaliers? That was a rumor that maybe Kevin Love will get traded back to L.A. because they want to get rid of Westbrook. Right now, in the front offices of NBA teams, they're saying to themselves, we've got COVID issues. We've got lack of performance issues. Do we make changes? Do we go with what we have? But if you know Daryl Morey, and I don't mean the Daryl Morey who stirred the pot with China. I'm talking about Daryl Morey, the basketball executive who runs the Sixers. He is sticking to his story that he's not going to just trade Ben Simmons for the sake of trading him. I'm on record as saying that that's insane. Get whatever you can for him. 
because your team without Ben Simmons, which is what you're doing now, is going to get better if you get anybody back who's not going to be a problem in your clubhouse. So instead of continuing to say, I don't want to trade him for less than he's worth, recognize that he's not worth much and move along. Because these trade rumors for Ben Simmons, it's a distraction. In baseball or in any sport, when you're distracted by a trade deadline or by rumors of fire sales or trades happening, you generally try to do it as quickly as you can so you can assuage the players in the clubhouse, so you can get the locker room back together and get back to winning games. You got to do something with Simmons. It's enough. I don't want to read about it anymore. The pick of the day is Sixers minus five and a half over the heat. And you know very well that Daryl Morey and all these executives... They know one thing for sure. It's just business. It's nothing personal. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.